0: connected to the power grid you throw a switch and the lights turn on you press a button the TV comes to life. If you have a well, the power drives the pump so there's running water. Electrical power probably dries your clothes, runs your dishwasher, maybe even heats your home the, the glory of the power grid is that all that power is there for you whenever you need it. But not all homes are on the grid. During the pandemic, my son Luke worked up between Grand Marais and the Canadian border building off the grid tiny homes. And some of these were traditional Scandinavian dovetailed log cabins. Another was a more modern looking A-frame cabin, but they all had one thing in common. They were not hitched up to the power grid. And so there was no running water, No electric heat, only a few dim battery-powered light bulbs. And since people couldn't travel to their traditional vacation places, and since everyone was supposed to to keep their distance, these off-the-grid tiny homes were in big demand. As soon as you could get them built, the owners could rent them out for weeks in advance at $300 a night. $300 a night for one tiny room and an outhouse. No power. I stayed in one, and I, and I guess it was fun, uh, at least for a couple of nights. But I definitely missed my power and the bathroom. And I learned that I wouldn't want to live off the grid for very long. And I guess my son did too, because he now lives in Richfield. <laughs> off the grid is not all it's cracked up to be. There's very little power. And now I understand why someone might want to live off the grid in northern Minnesota during a pandemic, but for the life of me, I can't understand why people would choose to live life off the grid when it comes to the Holy Spirit. To not be connected to God's Holy Spirit power seems to me an awfully tough way to go through life, especially when God so desires us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the days after the resurrection, Jesus told his disciples, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's Acts 1-8. And they did receive that Holy Spirit power on Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came like tongues of fire and like a mighty wind, and they could witness to people who spoke all sorts of different languages. That's in the second chapter of Acts. You may recall when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated "'and came to rest on each of them. "'All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit "'and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. "'Now they were staying in Jerusalem, "'God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. "'When they heard this sound, "'a crowd came together in bewilderment "'because each one heard their own language being spoken. "'Utterly amazed, they asked, "'Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans?' then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? This was a great example of being filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. But the opportunity to connect with God in a powerful way like that wasn't just for one time and one place. It's there for all who believe. In Acts 19, Peter meets some religious folks. The Bible even calls them disciples. And so Paul is shocked when he hears that they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. And so Paul tells them about Jesus, and they're baptized in Jesus' name, and they receive the Holy Spirit, and immediately God's power flows through them, and they begin to prophesy. You know, in the Old Testament, people receive the Holy Spirit too, but it's usually a select few and, and for a very specific purpose. But in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit comes to all who believe. It is the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. As Peter says to the Pentecost crowd, No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. That's why Paul can write in Ephesians 3.20 that verse that is so beloved of ours. Glory to God who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Like a house connected to the power grid that receives all the power it needs, a life connected to the Holy Spirit is a life with all the power that we need to fulfill God's purposes for us. Staying connected to the power grid is is a nice analogy for us Christians staying connected to God's Holy Spirit but as with all analogies, we can, we can push it too far. This power grid, Holy Spirit analogy um, is not a perfect analogy because in the power grid, the source of the power is usually far away at some power plant somewhere. And that means that in order to receive that power, it has to travel over miles of power line. And if we ever do get another snowstorm in Minnesota, we can see the problem with that. Because <laughs> you get a heavy snow, the branches on the trees break, they come down on the power lines, or, or ice gathers on them and they break, and then you're cut off from the power. Because of the nature of the power grid, that break can be far away, but still our homes can be plunged into darkness, and we lose our power, maybe even... Hours or days or even weeks in a few cases. And even when the power is back, then we have that annoyance of having to reset all the clocks and things in our microwaves and ovens and such. It's not a perfect analogy between the power grid and the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit isn't like this faraway power plant. Yes, the Holy Spirit comes down from heaven but the Spirit takes up residence in our own hearts. Look at the Scriptures, how many times it says that somebody is filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the indwelling of the Spirit that means that there's not even an inch of separation between us and the source of our power. 1 Corinthians 3.16 describes it as the Holy Spirit making his home within us. Don't you know, it says, that you are God's temple and this God's Spirit lives in you? Romans 5.5 5 talks about it as being filled with love. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit. Oh boy. We have uh, the source of our power so close to us. That it goes wherever we go. Unlike a power plant, it's more like the commercial for the uh, uh, the Ford uh, Lightning truck. You know, terrible storm has knocked out the power, and when the homeowner pulls up in his F-150 Lightning, everything is dark. But that doesn't phase him because he brings with him all the power that he needs right there in his truck and he just plugs the house into his truck and soon the lights are on and and that's not just a commercial in an Ontario storm the power grid went down for two days and the homeowner kept everything running simply by plugging the house into his truck he had the power the whole time and the Holy Spirit is like that Wherever we are and whatever we go through, we don't lack power because the Holy Spirit goes with us and and in fact is is within us. We don't have to worry about a broken power line somewhere cutting us off from the Holy Spirit's power. Nor do we have to worry about the Holy Spirit shutting down like a power plant. You know, we have two huge uh, power generators right down the river at the Prairie Island uh, nuclear plant. Uh, but did you know that uh, that uh, this winter here for the first time in about a quarter century both of the reactors had to be shut down at the same time. Now don't worry, it wasn't dangerous or anything but it did cause some concern for the marinas downriver because the warm water from the power plant keeps them open and they don't have to worry about uh, pulling boats like Uh, Most marinas do. And so this year they had to scramble and pull boats and and get uh, water circulators to try to keep the docks uh, from being hurt by the ice. That's what happens when you shut down the power plants. Power plants occasionally have to be shut down for maintenance and repair, but the Holy Spirit works with us nonstop. There is no shutdown Jesus promises in John 14, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Did you catch that forever? He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you, Forever. The Spirit may bring breakthroughs, but the Spirit never breaks down. Even when we break down, even when we are filled with fear and worry and weakness, so much so that that we don't even know how to pray through it, the Spirit prays for us. Did you know that? The Spirit prays for us. Even when you can't pray, the Holy Spirit knows your very heart, and knows the heart of God, and prays for us. We hear that in, in Romans 8. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. No storm of life can overcome us because we have the Spirit himself interceding for us with sighs too deep for words. Power grids can fall apart. Power plants can shut down. But the Holy Spirit is with us always, bringing power and breaking through all that would block us from accomplishing God's purposes Last week I asked you to, uh, to share any of the breakthroughs that you might have experienced as we we're in this twenty eight day series of, of prayer. And uh, there's an insert again this week in uh, your bulletin, and online you can uh, you can go there and fill it out as well to share what God has done. And these. Uh, the breakthroughs that have been shared so far are, are many and varied, just as uh, we talked about last week. But I want to share a few of these folks who testify to what God has done, because we'll see how active the Holy Spirit is. And I'll keep them anonymous, but know that they are shared by, uh, by someone here, a brother or sister uh, from Resurrection. One person described how in her walk with Christ, when she first started out, she would read the Bible and certain words would would sometimes jump off the page as if they were highlighted. Words that seemed directed specific, specifically to her and to what was going on in her life. The Bible was so fresh and, and it was speaking right to her. But as the years passed, she continued to read the Bible, but it didn't seem so personal, it didn't. The words didn't seem to jump off in the same way. And uh, those of you who have been longtime Bible readers, maybe you uh, have experienced some things like that. You know how the, you can be so familiar with the stories that you don't even actually read them anymore. I mean, you think you're reading them, but really you're just skipping them and, and you're telling you the story in your head. And sometimes we know them so well that they become routine and they maybe ceased to speak to us in the same way. Well, in in praying for this Holy Spirit to break through during these 28 days, this person said that it started to happen again. God's word became alive just like it was at first. Words were jumping off the page as if God were personally speaking to her once again. What a nice breakthrough. Another person shared this uh, breakthrough online about uh, an experience of a Holy Spirit breakthrough in her daughter's life. I'm just going to read it to you. While skiing one day, my seven-year-old daughter fumbled getting onto one of the chairlifts. Afterwards, she was terrified to get back out at- on it. She avoided the rest of it the rest of the day, and when our family went back the following weekend, she refused to go on it again. My husband and I were getting frustrated with her because. We knew that she was not afraid of the hill, but just the small task of getting on the lift. All of the reasoning we gave her, how safe it is, and even that we would ask the attendant to slow the lift down for her, were not working. I finally took her in my arms and told her that when I am afraid of something, I will pray to God and ask him for courage. I asked her if she wanted to say a prayer together. She did, and so we prayed for God to help her to be brave and keep her safe. This made her feel a bit better, but later on, when we got closer to the chairlift, she started crying. So I bent down to her again, and we said another prayer. I told her, God likes for us to give our fears to him and let him do the worrying for us. We asked for bravery and safety one more time. Then we got on the lift. After we got to the top and skied down to the bottom of the hill, my daughter raced up to me and shouted, with a humongous smile on her face, Mom, God, listened to me. He did. She was so ecstatically happy. It was one of those moments I'll never forget and a wonderful reminder that no matter how big or small we are, we all need God. What a powerful feeling that something that, to my husband and I, such a small thing, will impact our daughter for the rest of her life. A Holy Spirit breakthrough. And this last one, I I just love the way it starts. Perhaps there was a damp wick on my dynamite because my breakthrough came slowly. But nonetheless, powerfully and painfully, I began to feel the sizzle on day seven. My prayer, oh Lord, I'm so bent on trying to figure out how to do things in my way in my time. God broke through. God does work in God's time and in God's way. So keep on praying. Even if you don't have the words to pray. Because the Holy Spirit is within you and never fails. And even if your words are, God, I don't have the words, don't worry because the Spirit knows what you need and has already given you the power to accomplish God's purpose in your life. Again, I challenge you this week to share what you, when you've experienced breakthroughs with, while you're on this 28-day journey, your stories will be an inspiration to others, just as these have been. You know, the electrical power grid is a wonderful thing, and I thank anyone who works in the power industry, because I know that I wouldn't want to be without power for very long. But I do know that human things fail now and then. We live in a broken world and there are snowstorms and other things and sometimes power is lost. But the Holy Spirit never has that problem. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit's power and wisdom and peace 24-7 from now and forever just as the Bible promises. And so this is my prayer for you. For all of us, it's the prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. May it be so for each of us. Amen and amen.